Welcome to the Godly Manhood Podcast, where we seek to encourage men to consider how they can grow in godliness as men, husbands, and fathers by sustaining themselves with God's Word and applying it in their lives daily. My name is Emory Phipps. I'm a student minister at Koinos Church in Troy, Ohio. And I'm Brian Barnes. I'm an elder and life group leader at Koinos Church. Thanks for hopping on with us tonight for episode seven. Tonight, we're going to hit a pretty serious topic. Yeah. Godly men pray. Godly men pray. So last episode, we talked about godly men studying God's Word and um, really hit heavy in that, that the reason that we read God's word is so we can hear God speak to us. So we're going to sort of handle the other side of that conversation, I think, tonight and just jump into prayer specifically and some different aspects of that. But before we do, Grace Christian Bookstore Giveaway, it's going to go right in with what we are talking about tonight. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're giving away a leather copy of the Valley of Vision, which is a great collection of uh, prayers, devotions, things like that from Puritans specifically, but it's given to us by Grace Christian Bookstore, sponsor of our show. And this giveaway, they're at 1873 West Main Street in Troy, Ohio. So check them out. Go check out Paul and Heather's store. Their store is great. They've got some great selections, an amazing selection of Bibles. I think Paul told me one time that his goal was to be kind of like the Bible clearinghouse of the uh, old Miami Valley region where people can just come in and sniff Bibles. That's what I tend to do is go in and open them up and just inhale smell of a good brand new leather Bible. What is that? Uh, like why? Like, does that smell, is it specific to Bibles? I love this. I love the smell of books. That's okay. But brand new leather Bibles specifically. Yeah. I love the smell of you crack the box open, goat skin leather to the face. New Bible smell. It's, it's amazing. Nice. Well, hey, if you want to be uh, in the drawing for that leather-bound version of the Valley of Vision, uh, put a comment and uh, a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this. Uh, take a screenshot of that and send that to us either on Facebook. You can just drop it on our page or in the comments of a post. Uh, let us know that you did that, or you can email a screenshot of that to us at thegodlymanhoodpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, we we want you to be a part of that, and we want to ship this book to you, even if you're one of our cool listeners in Africa or New Zealand or uh, right here in Troy, wherever you are, we want you to be a part of that. So make sure that you you let us know, that you let somebody know about this podcast. I think I'm going to sweeten the pot. Uh-oh. I decided today that I'm going to make some, I put the stud in Bible study mugs. I like that. So if you win this Valley of Vision, you're going to get, I, I put the stud in Bible study, Godly Manhood podcast mug. So ladies, if that's you, uh, don't be deterred. That makes a great gift for the stud in your life. <laughs> Definitely. Or your dad or something. I don't know. I don't, hopefully my kids would be like, yeah, my dad's, my dad's a stud. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that'd be real good. So cool. Yeah. Way to sweeten the pot. And maybe we'll, you know, we'll probably do other giveaways in the future. So um, I've had a lot of fun kind of scheming up maybe what that might look like. We're also going to have some Godly Manhood podcast stickers we could throw in there too uh, to our listeners. So yeah, uh, we're, we're, this pot's going to get so sweet. People are going to be clamoring. All the stickers probably got everyone excited now because, you know, everyone's got those uh, $50 keep ice in your cup for 15 hour mugs that make no sense to me. David Spurlock, our uh, humble podcast, uh, what, what's he called? The producer. Yeah, he's a man of many stickers on very expensive water bottles. So. I just don't do the expensive water bottle. I don't drink water unless it's well hot and run through coffee beans. Okay. Maybe I do drink water. I drink a lot of water. 
I read somewhere that basically you can hydrate yourself with Cokes or coffee, any kind of liquid, and you're, bas- you're hydrating yourself no different than you would with water. I don't know if that's true. It could have been some internet thing. Well, your body has to probably work a little harder, you know, with the sugar. Okay. You know what? This is not a health podcast, but I like that we're Obviously. talking. We're speaking with authority on things uh, of health. You want that? Go somewhere else. Yeah. Drink, drink those Cokes. Get those kidney stones. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's, it's all hydration. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So tonight, yeah, Emery, we're going to talk about uh, godly men pray. Every godly man needs to have commitment in their life, a disciplined prayer life. And I think that, that we could get into maybe a bit of how that looks, what the Bible says about praying, uh, how we do that in our lives, and maybe some ideas practically for how we can get more committed to that. But I like what you said at the, out, at the intro here, that reading our Bible is how we hear from God. We, we see the word of God for us, followers of Jesus, um, to get to know him. But praying is how we speak to him. Uh, it's the other half of that relationship. You know, any good relationship is one rooted in solid communication. God's word is always there for us. Um, but are we bringing our side of the communication to the table in our relationship with God? And that needs to be, I think, a focus. So I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah, and I would say that it's been my personal experience. And as I talk to people many times, many people will think that they're kind of killing it from the prayer front not so much of the reading of scripture. So they're a little one-sided, one direction. Sure. But in, in talking with guys, I think we have a tendency to do one really well and neglect the other. Do Bible reading really well one week, but prayer life's a little bit off. And then prayer, prayer life's a little bit better the next week. Bible reading's a little off. Yeah. And it's this hard thing to really balance. So I hope tonight as we talk about this, we can address what prayer is, how to pray, how to pray together. So we'll hit, kind of a similar schema maneuver as we went with the Bible reading and Bible study last podcast, but just focus on this talking to God because that's, that's what prayer is at its base level. It's a direct address to God. Yeah. I like that. Also, it sounds like our kids just found the mortars in your garage because I don't know if you heard that bang, but that was a, uh, that was a ground shaker. Yeah. We have 15 kids in the house right now. and 1500 children in the house right now. We're so you know what we need from you, listener? Grace, chill out. We know it's bad. Uh, also, if you tuned in two weeks ago, episode five, that audio, she was rough. She was rough. And we appreciate your faithfulness to this podcast coming back. Hopefully, we're going to continue to work through those uh, technical issues and get better. Some of you have reached out to us with some ideas and how to improve that audio. And you know what? Thank you so much. You've made us Google many of those terms that you, you provided us with, and we're going to get right on that. So thank you, uh, patient listener. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the work that Dave did this week, we're, we're very appreciative of because hopefully it'll sound good. We don't know. I don't know. I'm half deaf, apparently. Like everyone else thinks my earphones, headphones sound spot on. You shot guns for money, Emery. You, uh, you and David both, which is hilarious that <laughs> two thirds of this podcast have probably have more hearing damage than most of the nursing home down the road. And it's on us to figure this out. Good yeah. luck. And I played in heavy metal bands. I, so. thought, I thought that episode sounded really good. <laughs> you were so wrong. I'm the only one. No, no. Uh, no, no. It, it was not good. But anyway, hopefully it'll be, it'll be tightened up here going forward. No promises. Right now we're in uh, the before picture, so we don't actually know if it'll be better. But uh, as of right now, we've got a lot of hope that it will be. So anyhow. Uh, so on the topic, on the topic. Please get us uh, back on board. 
Oh, that's, that's a, that's a tall order to throw at me, man. But so, Hey, let's talk about prayer. What is prayer? Um, one of the things as we were talking about this earlier, before we got started, that, that really I had not considered before and had looked into a little bit, but like the idea of where did prayer start in God's word? When's the first time that we see prayer specifically alluded to or mentioned in the Bible? And I thought this was pretty cool. So Genesis 4, 26, it says at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And it's before that, there's more to that scripture. That just happened to be what I wrote down on my notes. But the, uh, the gist of it is Seth was born of Adam and Eve after Cain is banished and um, cursed and Abel's dead. So they have this child, Seth. Um, and it talks about how I believe his son was Enoch off the top of my head. I probably should look that up, but um, I believe he's mentioned in that verse. If I'm wrong, correct us on Facebook or something. Starts with the E. I do know that. But it says on there that they began to call upon the name of the Lord. So that's that's the first instance of prayer mentioned in the Bible, this calling on the name of the Lord. Goes back to that direct address to God and how we do that. Um, it's not a lot of things. Like some people are guilty of this in the past. Prayer is not like bargaining with God. You're not demanding something of God. You're not bothering God. Some people think that. Well, I don't want to bother God. Sure either but so it's none of those things it's really truly just this direct conversation with the god of the universe yeah yeah no that, that that's great and the bible talks a lot about when we ought to pray uh and how we ought to pray and what we ought to pray about there there's a certain mentality with prayer sometimes that we can fall into as christians that is not great and i think that is displayed in the atm prayer or the you know god is not an atm where we only approach him when we want something out of that relationship. Certainly, it is biblical to ask God for things and to seek um, to have our needs met by that God. Certainly, that, that is great and, and fine and, and acceptable and expected to be a part of your prayer life. But your prayer life should be more than just asking God for things, right? For blessings, for for money or riches or, or success or whatever that, that looks like in your life. Let, let us not fall into that trap where the, the, the primary reason that we're going to God is to ask him for something. It is a relationship, right? How, how would your marriage look if the only time you ever talked to your wife, you were asking her for something? Like me a sandwich woman. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only me, just what I need, what I want. Never telling her how beautiful she is. Never, never complimenting her, never uh, praising her good work. Uh, by the way, all of these are things that we should talk to God about too, right? How wonderful he is, how, how beautiful his work is, how, uh, you know, that your prayer life ought to be a little more robust than that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a verse that I also wanted to mention, First Thessalonians 5, uh, starting in verse 16, it talks about when and how we ought to pray. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So always, it says, right? Pray without ceasing, giving thanks for everything. That should be a insistent, like, stool leg of your prayer life. And praising God and giving him thanks all of those blessings in your life that he's already given you. And, and there are certainly times of sorrow and heartache and tough times when maybe that's the furthest thing from your mind, but God understands that and, and, and knows that. And that's okay. It's, it may not be present in every prayer, but it ought to be a goal uh, to spend some time 
just giving thanks and praise to God uh, for all that he's done for you in your life. And not just in those, those moments you specifically mentioned there, but um, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's all addressing the Philippian church there on how they should consider prayer, what they should be doing as they pray, coming to God boldly with boldness. The scripture says we can come boldly in prayer to God because because of Christ and what he's done on the cross, we have the ability to do that now. We don't have to go to temples and um, make sacrifices to come in to do those things. We have this direct channel, for lack of a better term, where we can talk to God directly because we're doing it through Jesus. And I, and I think that's important to recognize and to know and to trust. And so much, I think, of what we talk about, even last time we talked a lot about the Bible and, and how we can trust that. So much of all this stuff is trust. Why pray? Well, because we can trust that God hears those prayers. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We pray to a God who hears us, who knows us intimately, who, who wants us to pray to him, who, who wants to hear what we have to say and, and cares about you. So make it a priority. Make it a part of your spiritual discipline. Um, it needs to be a part of your life. So there are different kinds of prayers. We've talked about that a little bit here. We've alluded to that. I wrote down, there's these fun like if you're new to praying or you're, you're trying to find a way to get more dedicated to that, there are some fun acronyms to help you think about the type of things that you should be praying for. And these can be present in every prayer or they can just be uh, something that you try to hit here and there as you go. But so the, the couple acronyms, one of them is pray, P-R-A-Y, praise, repent, ask, and yield to God, yield to God. There's another one, uh, ask, A-S-K. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. And that comes from Matthew 7, uh, where Jesus is talking about praying there. And, and so we, we could have prayers where we ask, where we're seeking God's will and, and where we're, we're submitting to God and asking him to open doors for us and give us discernment in our life. And then the other one is Acts, A-C-T-S, which uh, the A is for adoration. So we're, we're spending time extolling God, just raising his name, uh, applying adoration to that God, see confession, right? So again, repenting, spending time praying to God, acknowledging our sin, asking him to help us turn from that sin and asking God to forgive us for those sins. T is thanksgiving. Again, you know, just thankfulness, having a posture of gratitude toward a holy God who called you out of the darkness and gave you life. And then supplication, um, which is, you know, asking God for, uh, to fulfill your needs, to meet your needs, whatever that looks like in your life. So if you're new to praying, you can just Google like prayer acronyms and you can find all those, but it's a good little basic framework to kind of start and say, okay, I want to make sure I'm, I'm moving around a little bit here and I'm not just asking God to save my kids every time I pray, or I'm not just asking God to, to cure my neighbor of their, their illness. I want to make sure that I'm talking to God about other things. So uh, yeah, anyway, good, good little tool there. Yeah, and I, just to add on those, the acronyms and the idea behind that, they are not, if you look at those and how they came about and um, many of the places that sort of designed those and pushed those out and encourage others with them, they're based in scripture. It's not like somebody sat somewhere and was like, hey, what's a really queen you know, of Baptists are good for that? Like yeah. the three pointers with the alliterations, like, hey, what can we do that works for this? 
No, they're they're based in scripture. Go read the Psalms and see how David prayed, Asaph, others who wrote those. Moses wrote some of those. Go read those, and and you'll see that they're laid out very much in line with all three of those. They're all really good ones. Yeah, Jesus also laid one out uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Most people, Christian or not, have heard that prayer and know the Our Father who art in heaven prayer. And there's really a a framework within that prayer, um, you know, where where you're blessing God, you're praising God. Uh, you're asking him to help meet your needs spiritually. Um, you're, you know, that you just kind of walk through it. You're asking for forgiveness from your sins and the strength to help you forgive people who have sinned against you. And, and there's a great outline there. And who better to model our prayer life after than Christ? You know, it's, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, for certain. Yeah, just trying to think of, there's some really good books that break down the Lord's Prayer that, that I just got to remember to put these in the show notes, but I'll try to send links on. Facebook and things too, but there's like, I think R.C. Sproul has one specifically on the Lord's Prayer. Al Muller did one, a really small book a couple of years ago, just on the Lord's Prayer and just laying out how to pray using it, why it's important to use it, how Jesus himself modeled this. And one of the things that stands out to me when I read that is Jesus says, when you pray, yeah, there's an expectation we're going to do it. There's a desire for us to do that. He wants us to come to him with these things. So when I said earlier that we're not bothering God with our prayers, that, that's very true. Godly men in particular, in our role in, in the world, uh, we are to be hope bringers. And that looks like bringing the hope of the gospel everywhere we go. And I, I, I think often about the men in my life who tell me they're praying for me. I'll get texts sometimes that are just awesome. I've gotten them from guys in this room just saying, Hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you today, so I'm, I'm praying for you. How can I be praying for you? And that is powerful because the Holy Spirit lives in, within us. And the fact that you have that hope and that light everywhere you go, and you can, when you, when you go into to a person's life who's hurting or, or needing um, some spiritual encouragement, there is not a better vehicle than to, to, than to pray with and for that person. And, and I just want to encourage the men who listen to this to know when you pray for me, that's not light. That's not insignificant. And I need that. And I long for that. And I covet those prayers. And, and I, want, I want us to remember that that is a, a mighty and powerful thing to be able to do for somebody. And so we need to get good at it. We need to get good at praying out loud. We need to get good at praying with our families and with our friends and for people so that when those opportunities are presented in front of us, we go in there ready to go. And I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm not uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not foreign for me to just put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you or sit next to you at a coffee place and, and just say, Hey, l- let's just pray right now. So this is the why. And I just want to, to hop onto that. What you said there about praying with people with, uh, that it's not light, like we shouldn't take it lightly. The world tells us all the time. How many times when a tragedy happens somewhere in the world, you guys probably aren't on social media like I am, but the gist of it is typically Twitter, wherever else, a lot of people who are worldly who would say, hey, we don't value prayer. We don't see the reason to do it. They'll say, oh, where's your thoughts and prayers now? And they'll say things like that as if prayers aren't heard. They don't matter. They don't mean anything. And I think that as a society, especially here in America, we tend to believe that many times. Like We act like we believe it. We act like we believe it, yeah. We, want, we aren't quick to prayer. We, I, I'm guilty of that. I think. One of the things that I've tried to do more recently is as someone says, hey, will you pray for me? I'm going to write it down and pray for him. But I've stopped waiting till later. I'm like, hey, let's pray now. Let's do it now. So at least I get, I'm going to get this one rep in. Yep. And I'll be doing it this week. 
but you're asking me to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, I've looked up Matthew 7 real quick. So, so I get this, and I don't just say, hey, read this on your own later. I'll read it to you now. But Matthew 7, starting verse 8, it says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he seeks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And that ends with an exclamation point. Yep. I should have read that as such. Yeah, you should have really went up there at the end. Just going back to that point, like, I had somebody one time, I went through this time on on the internet where I would put out every week, I probably need to get back in that habit and say, hey, if you have a prayer request, shoot it my way. Send me a, a... instant message and and someone got on there who would profess to be a believer and was just like oh why are you bothering god with your petty requests he doesn't he doesn't need to be bothered that's a wrong take totally wrong take. not even that's not even a scriptural take right but i you know, i reached out to him and was like hey man you know that's actually not biblical but whatever your understanding of his prayer in that moment that's something i would love to talk to you about he didn't really reciprocate my desire to talk through those things and led to a little fracturing of sorts. But um, yeah, just don't feel bothered with that prayer. And, and then on top of that, don't feel like you're going to bother somebody you know. We talk a lot about going to your Christian friends, the friends that you know are believers. We talked about that a lot last podcast. Don't feel like you're putting them out by saying, hey, where can, where can I go to church? Hey, I don't understand scripture and what this means. Tell me. The same way, don't hesitate to say, would you pray for me? Yeah. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand what to do with it. Will you pray for me? And talk to your believing friend about that and then grow that way and try to come to some understanding. I had, uh, well, I'll go there in a second. Hang on. I want to go back to what you're saying here. Praying with people and for people enhances those relationships too. Uh, You go deeper with people that you're praying with side by side. Uh, My marriage is never as strong as when we're praying together. And we are not good about that, by the way. But but when we are, our relationship is closer. My friendships, I think, go deeper and are more meaningful when we're praying for each other. Out loud, in the room, together. Um, I've prayed with you guys. Not, well, often, actually, in a life group setting. But here in this room, uh, yeah, a life group, when we break up to pray, you know, it's, it is so beneficial to appeal to the father, appeal to the God of the universe on behalf of your friend with your friend. It provides such a a richness and a meaning to a human relationship. I think to just say like, look, we're going to humble ourselves before a holy God and we're going to ask him to help make sense of this thing. That's tough. Um, One area that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't hit on, I got asked about this last week from a lady uh, and that has to do with, look, the Bible tells us to ask God for things. The Bible says clearly to, to appeal to God, uh, to ask him to meet our needs, to, to ask him uh, and to seek and to all that. Well, what then are we to make of it when God doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we think that, that he should? H- how should we think about that? When I think every Christian has prayed for healing for somebody who's died. And we, we look at that and go, but did God not hear my prayers? How am I to think about it when when I prayed and prayed and prayed that this thing would work out and it didn't, does that mean that God is upset with me? Does that mean he doesn't love me? Does that mean he just doesn't hear my prayers? Emery, do you, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you, how do you talk about that? 
when I talk about that specifically and people are struggling with those things because I've struggled with that. Sure. Why did this occur when my heart's desire when I come to God in prayer was for something opposite to happen and it didn't happen that way. So I think as sinners, frankly, our desires in those moments are our desires. And that's why Jesus, when he prayed, says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what I, tr- I try to encourage people with is like, hey, just because that didn't get answered the way you wanted to in this moment, that doesn't mean God didn't answer your prayer. That just means that in this time, that's not God's will. So then I encourage them to hey, pray that your heart would be changed to be in tune with God's will. Because I think, I think we're going to go here next into why do we pray? And that's kind of on my list of things to talk about. Pray so that as you're seeking out wisdom, as you're trying to make decisions in life, as you're going about day-to-day life and just interacting with hard people, pray that God would change your heart so that you're in tune with his will and whatever his will is in a situation, you'll just be at peace with and you'll find joy in it. It won't be like, man, that didn't happen. I'm so upset about it. But like, hey, God is sovereign over all things and his providence, he's decided in this moment that this is not what's to happen in my life. And I need to be at peace with that. And then pray for that peace. That makes sense. It does. I have a verse for that. First John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So this is the confidence that we have, that we ask anything according to his will, like you're saying there. So are we seeking the things of God's will in our prayers? Now, What I don't want you to hear in that is, well, then does that mean that me asking for my friend to live was bad? Does that mean that me asking for this blessing on my child's life was bad? Does that mean, no, it doesn't mean any of that is bad. What it means is that sometimes the will of God is different than ours. And it's really hard for us to comprehend that and to make sense of that and to put all of that in its proper place. But know that if we are seeking the will of the Father, that there is blessing in that and that we get to know him better in that and, and just know that, that you will have a, a eternal peace with that uh, when you're in the kingdom of God. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he's punishing you. It just means that his will was different than that of, of ours at that point if he doesn't answer that prayer in the way that we want him to. But keep asking. Yeah, and I think one verse that stands out when I think that specific thing and, and as I've approached that in my own life, like, you know, we, we keep wanting to point you all back to Scripture saying, hey, look to God's Word because you can trust what it says That's right. as, as, you're, as you're doing this. So Romans 8, 26, and 27. It's on my phone oh, right now. I was, I was just going to read it. Go. This is great. So likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, so much of that pressure, you probably feel thinking about all this that we're covering. It's God's got it. Reminds me of a good Puritan quote, and I'm going to butcher it off the top of my head. Is it in the Valley of Vision? It possibly. Okay. A little bit of John Bunyan. Uh, but John, John Bunyan said words to the effect of, prayer is a pouring out of the soul to God. Yeah. And I think, that ties in with what you were just saying there. We don't know what to say. There's despair. There's this anguish. You'll read what David 
prayed throughout the Psalms. There's all of that is in there, all those emotions. I mean, he did the same thing, but he's pouring out his soul to God, trusting that he's going to be heard because we can know that from Scripture. Yep. He hears us. Um, But also that we have to pray those things. We can't just assume, well, this isn't good enough. This isn't something God would want to hear. This isn't something I want. Like I said numerous times now, I think we're not bothering God with these things. We need to pray these things. And the only unanswered prayer really is the one that doesn't get prayed. Yeah. And and just the knowledge of that. We see a couple times in Scripture where prayers are prayed. And and, and I won't necessarily go to these texts, but in Mark, you know, have a a woman whose daughter was— demon possessed and she prayed and said but god you know do you know jesus do this and jesus healed her and then uh a, a blind man i'll read this one real quick well it's a lot more verses but in luke 18 a blind man sitting across the road i'm going to give you the reader's digest version real quick uh, they told him jesus and nazareth, nazareth is passing by and he created, cried out jesus son of david have mercy on me there's actually a really good song by a group called Ghost Ship. Oh, yeah, I know that band. Um, Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not going to try to sing uh, it. No. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it either. But it's a great, great song. song. That's actually, uh, so I never know Christian music unless there's breakdowns, and that's a great song. Yeah, great, great song. song. And along those lines, but but yeah, that's a prayer that was asked. He he asked that prayer. It was answered. Now, had had Christ not healed him, guess what? Prayer was still answered. It just didn't get answered the way he was asking in that moment. And that's the the peace we have to have and come to as we deal with these really hard things in life. Because we can't see and know God's will in a moment. We can't fathom it. No, but we can seek to know God's will. And we, we get to know the will of God in his word. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we feel uh, like God just doesn't hear us. But again, I just want to keep saying it. He does hear you. Uh, sometimes our will is not in alignment with his. And, and he's got a bigger purpose. He's got a bigger plan. He's got something else going on behind the scenes. That sounds a little woo-woo when I say it like that. I don't like the way that sounded when I said it, but it's true. Uh, it, it started to sound a little TV preacher, but, but you know, hear, hear my intention. He's got a plan, uh, and sometimes we don't understand it there in the moment. That's part of the mystery of God, but um, he will work it out according to his purpose. So I think, I think at this point, we've hopped around a lot. We're probably don't have to hit some of the things that we were probably going to hit in this next section, but let's chat a little bit about why do we pray? Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Well, first of all, it's the discipline of a godly man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you were called Plug to. for Kent Hughes's book. Great book. Maybe we'll do a giveaway of that one. That's a, that's a banger. That's a great book. Disciplines of a godly man. You know, that, that really, I'm glad that it took seven episodes to come up. Uh, go buy that book if you haven't read it and then do the stuff in it. And you can find that book all the time at Goodwill. Oh, cool. I, I buy them every time I see one. I've got two, I think, over there, one over here just for tonight. I just buy them when I see them. Just because people give up on it and take it to Goodwill? <laughs> that, or they're just like, oh, I don't need this anymore because I'm killing it. I mean, that's why I got my copy sure. and it there. Sure, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, d- d- it's a discipline of a godly man. Men pray. We ought to pray because Jesus prayed. We're trying to be more like Jesus. We ought to pray because it's a relationship with our creator and that can't happen. You know, good relationships don't, don't have only communication going one direction. Uh, we ought to pray because it enriches our spiritual lives and grows our, our, our connection with our heavenly father. Um, I don't know what else. You got anything cool over there that I haven't said? I'm trying to think of things that you haven't said yet. I mean, the obedience part to me is, is huge. Like, I think as Christians, that one alone should be like, all right, I'm just going to pray then. It's obedience. Yeah. I want to lovingly follow Jesus who died on the cross for my sins to save me 
from God's wrath. Yep. But not only that, that that death on the cross caused me to be able to even pray to that same God. Why would I not want to be obedient, if nothing else, to just thank Jesus for what he's done for me? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you reminded me of another one. Uh, I touched on it earlier, but repentance is a critical discipline of a godly man. And you ought to pray because you're a sinner. And you ought to have a desire in your heart to be restored to that God who has already forgiven you. Once you've repented and believed, once you've called on the name of Jesus, you've had faith in his life, death, and resurrection, you've repented of your sin, you are saved forever, but you're not done sinning. And a godly man lives a life involved in a cycle of repentance. And so that ought to be top of mind. And we need to be praying those prayers regularly. You know, imagine if, if, Again, I'll go back to like the marriage picture. If if you have this relationship with your wife, but you never apologize, you never repent for the sin that you've committed against her, that's going to be a terrible relationship. It's just not going to be, it's not going to be good or healthy. So though your sins have been blotted out, though your sins are forgiven at that moment uh, when you're made new, godly men repent of their sin and seek uh, forgiveness from that good and holy God. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, just we've already hit on some of the just hard things that people go through life, so that's a, a reason to pray um, to gain strength to overcome temptation. To me, is one that goes along those same lines. We have confession of sin when we do sin, but we also know that we can pray. Uh, Matthew twenty six forty one says, "Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." So that's also a reason to pray. It ties hand in hand with the need to confess, but also in those moments where you just have, I've experienced overwhelming desire and temptation to sin. Like I feel myself going there, kind of back to what we talked about, where God came to Cain, said, be careful, sin's crouching at the door. Like I know that, I can sense it. The Holy Spirit's already kind of con- convicted me beforehand. Like, hey, dummy. A spidey sense you is know? going yeah. off, yeah. Like don't do that. That's another reason to come and pray and ask God to divert your mind from the thing that just this desire that's welling up inside of you. I think if we all did that, the whole sinning regularly thing would be a lot less frequent because we, in that moment, say, hey, I, I sense this temptation. I need to go to God right now and redirect and trust that he's going to help me overcome this because now I'm going to find my joy in him. My, my joy should be in Christ, not the sin I'm trying to seek out and, and redirect. Yeah, we do that with so many other things, but for some reason, not with sin many times. Yeah, we always need a reminder that Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, came and conquered sin and death. And and that Holy Spirit lives inside of you that enables you to conquer sin because your Savior did. So if you're not regularly uh, appealing to that God to say, hey, help me, um, help me hate this sin as much as you do. Help, help me turn from this sin. One time, one of the elders at our church, uh, I heard him pray for a, a member in need, uh, had a, a sin issue and, and just saying, hey guys, I need some help with this. And, and it, I'll never forget the way he prayed. It was Vic, I'll say it. It was Pastor Vic, love that guy. He's, he's just, like he speaks a different language than me sometimes. I just love the way he thinks, it's just cool. But in his prayer for this guy who was struggling with sin, he said, Lord, let that sin be flavorless mm. to him. Let it be unenjoyable. Let it be, uh, you know, uninteresting. Let, let, let it be just something that, that no longer 
excites him or gives him any kind of, you know, temptation or uh, temporary happiness, you know? So anyway, let let it be um, flavorless. I thought was really cool. And we can pray that prayer. The Lord, again, that seems to me like one that the Lord would love to to respond to. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's definitely not burdening him. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, You touched on the Psalms a bit ago. Mm. And I think we'd be remiss if we did this whole podcast and didn't talk about praying through the Psalms. If you're, oh, yeah. if you're stuck and you're like, hey, I'm out of practice, or I'm just having one of those days, I don't know how to pray or what to pray. A lot of good pastors have said, you ought to just pray through the Psalms. Pick one that kind of speaks to your, your station in life. If you're full of sorrow, pick one of those. If you you're just need joy and you're looking for a way to find joy in God, find a, a Psalm of joy and literally just pray through it. Mm-hmm. Read it as a prayer, a meditation, stop along the way and, and you know, add to it, pepper in some thoughts and some other some other words there to, to your God. But if you're really just looking to identify a way to, to pray, just, just out of discipline, maybe your heart's just not there, start with a Psalm. And I bet you that will not come back void and that'll unlock uh, some of the, the t- take some of the rust off of your heart, you know, in that moment. There's a good book by um, Don Whitney called Praying the Bible. A real s- small book, but hits those specific things really good. I know one of the to me, one of the most rewarding things that I've done in recent years was Jonathan, a few years ago, when we first came to Coinos, he grabbed just a few of us and it was like every Tuesday or Wednesday morning or something, we'd come in and we would just grab a couple of Psalms and he kind of taught us, hey, let's read this. Now let's pray through it and, and showed us and modeled that so that we could just go do it on our own. I'm not sure how many people ended up doing that, but it was just, it was for me, very rewarding. Yeah, I've done it a bunch. I've done it with my kids a little bit when they were real little. Um, we would do a thing when they were like two, three, four years old, where I would read a Psalm line by line and we would do it as a prayer and they would read it back. Like I would, they couldn't read yet. So I would say it and then they would say the line back and then, then I would say the next line and they would say the next line back. And it was kind of cool. And you hear their cute little kid voices as they're saying these, these Psalms, you know, it was, it was rich for us. And it was kind of like family worship 101 when they were real little, it was just a cool way to kind of get God's word in front of them and, and kind of pray through, through those Psalms. So yeah, that, that's a great a great exercise. If you're dry and you're just looking for a way to get your prayer life back on track, that's a great, a great place to start. You mentioned family worship there. So maybe that's a good transition point to go to the next thing we wanted to discuss a little bit tonight. And that's how do you pray? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that, the practice, uh, the who, the when, and the where of it all. So I think a, a robust prayer life or a prayer life for a church member ought to look a few different ways. Certainly private prayer. I think that kind of goes without saying, I don't think we need to like get super in the weeds there, you know, pray to God. Uh, I like to pray at night before I go to bed. Uh, I pray throughout the day. If I find myself kind of running into a wall or as I prepare, you know what, this might be interesting. Um, as I'm preparing to lead like a Bible study or life group or something or going to preach, I pray a lot. Just say, God, uh, help guide my thoughts and my heart as I approach your word. Let me not say or teach anything that isn't true. Uh, if I do, let it be quickly forgotten. I pray that a lot because I talk too much. Um, if you couldn't tell by the fact that I have a podcast. Uh, anyway, so, you know, just, just appealing to God as I'm going to lead others, that, 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 that's a very common prayer for me. Uh, what comes to your mind, Emery? Anything in how you pray? I think so. questions that come to my mind that maybe some people have is like, well, you know, do you get on your knees and pray? Are you sitting? Are you laying in bed? What are you doing in that moment? What's that posture of prayer? So for me, a very hard thing for me, I've got wrecked knees from nine years as an infantryman in the Marine Corps. You were in the Marine Corps? 
Yeah. Did you know that? It was my birthday yesterday. Congratulations. Happy birthday. It's Veterans Day today. We get our birthday first and veterans. So we're recording on Veterans Day today. Cool. So. Welcome. Uh, or can, what do I say? Not Brian, Brian already thanked you for our service. Thanked us for our service. Yeah. Uh, you're, thank you for your service. Both of you. Or, uh, yeah. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. I'm, no, it's, it's good. I'm it's buzzing okay. out here. So, so you get on your knees or you don't get on your knees to pray? So, so no. So like, like there's been times at church, like it's hard for me. And Karen being the medical professional and loving wife that she is always calls me an idiot when I get on my knees to pray at church. Cause I have the hardest time getting back up because yeah. it's on that hard carpet. And she's just like, you're so stupid. You don't have to do that. Do you spend the yeah. rest of the service trying to get back in your chair? Dude, it's so hard, man. So yeah. So I've learned, Hey, getting on, I have one of those garden, um, knee pads, knee pads. Yeah. Like one of those real cushy ones. Yeah, yeah. So like when I'm just feeling like, man, I, I really want to be on my knees to pray. I've got that, um, laid flat. That's dangerous. Because you can fall asleep if you're not super focused. That's true. Um, but laying prostrate in prayer to me Does is Does that mean of, flat? Flat. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do with the other. Prostate? No. They're two different things. Thank you. No, yeah, those are all good. I drive and pray a lot. Uh, I'm in my truck all day, so I drive and pray a lot. So you don't close your eyes. I, hey, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, yeah, I, I pray driving, I pray seated, standing, kneeling, all of it. I don't pray on my knees a lot, but I do it sometimes. Uh, just kind of the feeling hits you. And I'll say, cause Emery just said something. If you're thinking about checking our church out, we pray on our knees on occasion. It is not a, we're not Catholic church. We don't do it every week. We don't do it every month. We do it a couple times a year. If there's something particularly heavy or something that we're just really committed to praying for, and it's something, I don't want to say special, but special. Uh, it's good to, you know, just sort of take a posture of submission and, and really try to focus our hearts and our minds. And I think, it, I think it puts people in a, you know, sort of a serious posture because it's not standard where like, we're not a church that gets on our knees to pray all the time. So when we do, I think it helps us focus a yeah. bit. It's kind of neat. I like that. And I think the, what you said there, we, we've used the word posture a whole lot. Have we? In the last like three minutes. Oh, geez. I think we're up to like 47 times. But my bad. This, this posture, I'll say it again a couple of times. We think of posture as we, was, you know, I don't know. I, I think of sitting straight up and being like, you know, I don't know. Shoulders you know, back, head shoulders forward. Shoulders back, head, you know, we, we hear that. But what you just said there, the heart posture to me is more important than any of that. So if it's like, I know that if I, can't get on my knees because my knees are hurting and the weather's changed and they're just wrecked for the day. My heart posture matters more to God than whether I'm on my knees, flat out, however I happen to be in a moment. So I think that's something to just just to comfort everyone listening that, hey, if you're not doing this a very specific way, what's your heart posture That's right. when you're doing this? And that really is all that matters when you come before this holy God that we talk about so much. Yeah, when Paul said pray without ceasing, I think he knew that the uh, it's unlikely that you're going to be kneeling uh, on a prayer kneeler for your entire life. Mm. Prayer should be a, a consistent thing in our life that we're striving to do more often, more ways, and there are no wrong physical postures. It really comes down to that heart. Yeah. How, how's your heart looking? Have I done any Robbie Gallaty quotes yet? Not yet, today? but we are way overdue. We're way overdue. So Robbie Gallaty talking about prayer, one of the things that I enjoyed that he said one time was just talking about waking up in the morning and saying, dear God, like right when you wake up. I like that. And then saying, amen is the last thing you say before you go to sleep because you're going about your day in constant communication with your loving heavenly father. So good Robbie Gallaty quote. 
How long, how long have I been, been without giving one? 47 minutes. 47 minutes. That's a record That's for me. Not 100% a record. Some Robbie, Robbie, I'm going to have to tag him in this. Maybe he'll get us on his Who's bike. the other guy you always quote? Tim Chalice. Yeah, well, always. his is books, not so much. Yeah, but same thing. Okay, very cool. Yeah, shout out uh, to Robbie Gallaty. I hope one day to know who you are so I get all these references. You he's sound, a giant of a man. You sound awesome. He is. He's what Emery tells me. Uh, okay, when do you pray? We Well, we kind of hit the how. Anything, uh, you know, you want to talk about that a little bit? Like the win or yeah, the win, like the win. Um, so for me, different things. So in my role, and I would I would guess in your role, I know for different people, we have we have roles in the church. Your role as an elder in the church is to be praying and in the word, praying for the church. My role within student ministry to pray for these students. So I have our, our student leaders. I've got Time Tree, an app on my phone, so it pops up. All the student ministry leaders get a notification in the morning. We pray for three or four students a day specifically. Um, it just pops up. Pray for these three students today. Um, so I have a rhythm of, of just regular prayer that way. And then just sometimes, just like within church, when I feel just burdened or something's heavy, I'll, I'll come in here in my office and just pray in here away from everybody. And then typically just throughout the day, just like you said, as you're praying, driving, you know, just driving and praying down the road, it sounds way more holy probably than we want anybody to think we are that we're just driving around praying all day. Yeah, no, it's usually when I'm running from the police. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but like OJ Simpson. The... uh <laughs> I am going to get a white Bronco with a vanity plate that says this juice. Is not, not OJ? No, juice. Go ahead. I think you had the floor. No, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. You drive oh, and pray. You do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, drive and pray. The only the only th other thing that I'll throw out there is when I was a kid, I, I grew up in, in kind of independent, fundamental Baptist churches. There was a whole lot of King James, a whole lot of these and thous in the prayers, a lot of vibrato. I think it's vibrato. Is that the That's word? That's right. Like, and it's very unnecessary. Yeah. So stop that. Yeah. If that's you. Just talk. Um, but yeah, just talk. Talk to God. You're not doing it for show. Um, I've had these discussions even in my own house where it's like, hey, you know, no one's grading you. Like when you start to pray in public, no one breaks out a, a score sheet and is like, oh man, I get a 64 on that one. That was a horrible prayer. Yeah. No, just pray, man. You're not praying for the, the Bible's clear on that. You're not praying for all the other people around anyway. You're praying and having this con conversation with God. In fact, it's really looked down upon to pray for the, uh, the respect of the, the room or the audience or the people. I suppose like I read that somewhere. It's in the Bible. Don't do that. Yeah, do it for God. Do it for your your relationship with a good and holy God. Um, what do you think their producer, David? Anything to add in any of that? David, do you pray? Yes, every day. Oh, good. Uh, you do family worship at your house. We do. Do you pray with your kids or for your kids? How, what does that look like? We do. Uh, most of the time, I will lead a prayer before we start. A lot of the times, I'll let the girls pick something that they want to pray about. They don't always know what to say, so they kind of get clammed up. But yeah, I've, I've really been trying to teach them just just talk to him. It doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need to use big words. Just what's on your mind? How'd your day go? Tell God how your day went. Yeah. That's really what, all it is for them right now is just teaching them that just talk to him. Yeah, I think for parents, it's really challenging to get your kids to pray different than they did the day before. Uh, at least in my home, a lot of it looks very uh, routine. That kids, just kids tend to pray for the same stuff the same way every day. And so my, as my kids have gotten older, that's changed a lot. But there are still kind of some go-tos. Like if it were, if you, they were going to pray for you know, I feel something out of the ordinary. If it was like a Tuesday at noon and we were somewhere and I was like, hey, let's pray about this thing real quick. They would still probably start their prayers with, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for mom and dad and whatever. And, and so uh, just this week, one of the, my boys was dealing with that a little bit and we were talking through it, but it, just trying to get them to like 
understand that differently. I was like, hey, uh, do me a favor. You can thank God for this day in this prayer, but see if you can do it at the end, not at the beginning. And it was like, you could see them like struggle, like, oh, wait a second. Okay. And then that made it a bit more genuine. Like really search your heart before we start. What do we want to pray about? Well, what was something we can thank God for that happened today? And just asking some probing questions, kind of get those wheels greased. If you got little kids, because it, it is routine for adults do it too. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of my prayers probably sound like uh, prayers I've prayed before. So trying to keep it relational and fresh. And like David just said, you're just talking to God. Now, yes, he is a holy God and you're approaching the creator of the universe. You aren't saying daddy God when you start? <laughs> no. Is that a thing? Oh my, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know about this. I have heard don't, that. You don't want to know. And it caused me to not be able to sing for about 10 minutes after I was pretty fired up. <laughs> you, anyway, wrong, wrong. Different story. I don't know but, about that. So the only thing that I I will say, just just a story comes to mind as we're talking about this, talking about our kids praying, what they can be thankful for. One of the, I think, a time that I can point out being the most convicted over an attitude while someone else was praying was Houston praying. So he was, he was probably six. Man, maybe, maybe he was younger. We were praying one night while he's in bed. He's just praying before bed. And I remember him starting on this like journey of thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for the pizza, thank you. Everything that happened his day was a thank you. And I'm in my mind going, dude, wrap it up. Let's go. Yeah. And man, I had this overwhelming, just like, what a horrible Christian father you are. <laughs> Your kid is thanking God for every single thing that he did today. And I'm annoyed because I want to go out and watch 24 or whatever in a moment that I was on the kick of it. But yeah, like, like yeah. it's awesome to, we want to train our coach, our kids and, and teach them how to pray well, because we want to pray well. We want them to grow to be godly men or women. But yeah, man, like recognizing that is a good thing too. And I don't, I don't know why it popped in my head, but it just, as we're talking about all these things, it's so easy to be like, all right, let's go wrap it up. Yeah. Dad wants to hang out with mom for a little bit. Yeah. If I'm, I've, I have found myself in that too over the years, but you're absolutely right. You know, those kids are just, you know, I just want them to want to pray. I want them to pray well. I want them to, to look at it as an important part of life. And yeah, who are we to kind of get the way that I've been there for sure. I've had, I've had that issue. Okay. One more thing I, I wanted to say, I don't know if we got anything left on your list. Uh, I think, I think my list is kind of tapped out. I'm, okay. Um, First of all, well, too, okay, too, I got to give David another shout out. Life Group Wednesday, we prayed, we, we went around the room and, you know, collected the prayer requests and we prayed for everybody in the room. And then David stopped us and he just said, hey, we got to pray one more time. I want to pray again. And David just did a prayer of doxology. And if you don't know that fancy Bible word or, well, church word, really, uh, Orthodox church word, doxology is just ascribing um, praise and worship to, a, to that holy God, just praising that God. And David took us through a prayer of just just extolling God and, and and just telling him how good he is and thanking him for his goodness and his greatness. And uh, that was awesome. That was a real blessing to me. It was a blessing to God. And so uh, that's a prayer that we ought to think through uh, more often. Again, not not just thinking of it as an ATM relationship, but tell him how good he is. You know, that's because he's great and he deserves it. And if you're not telling your wife and your kids how great they are either, you ought to do that too. You know, don't let that be a reflection of every relationship you have. Um, okay, and the final note on prayer. 
when you're struggling and you're, you know, if you're dealing with depression or anxiousness or worry or whatever heavy feeling you're going through, I have found great relief in prayers of thanksgiving. Just gratitude to that God. Uh, this is a prescription I've given to a lot of friends who are going through really tough periods of struggle, whether it's spiritual struggle or life struggle. Fine. Spend some time thanking God giving gratitude to the good and holy God for the things that he had literally count your blessings. Go through the list. You know, do you have a wife that you love? Do you have kids that are healthy? Do you have a job that's paying the bills? All of those things are gone. Find something. You're upright. You're alive today. You have a moment of breath in your body. Thank God for that. Because depression uh, is the friend of comparison, right? You'll hear that a lot. Like comparison is the thief of joy or comparing your life to somebody else's leads to depression. But gratitude is really the base and the foundation for joy for a lot of people. If you're not grateful for something, then you've, you've really not done a good job of identifying in your life what is there to be grateful for. And that can help break loose sometimes these negative cycles of thought. So when you're praying, if you're stuck in the pit, pick a few things to literally count some blessings and, and give gratitude to that God. And the last thing I'll say is just as you're listening to this and you're like, man, I've not done this in a while. And there's a, a guilt or a, hey, I, how can I come to him now because I haven't for so long? I just found a really cool quote from uh, Martin Luther. So Google him, check out on Wikipedia some stories about who he is. Basically, Protestant Reformation was kind of born out of some of his actions, but very much known for his prayer. And we would look at him and say it like a, a champion of the faith in church history. But he was writing a friend to his friend, um, Philip, Philip Melanc. Thun. Beautiful name. <laughs> Say that five times fast. But he said, you extol me so much. Your high opinion of me shames and tortures me since unfortunately I sit here like a fool and hardened in leisure. Pray little. Do not sigh for the church of God. In short, I should be ardent in spirit, but I'm ardent in the flesh in lust, laziness, leisure, and sleepiness. Already eight days have passed in which I have written nothing in which I have not prayed or studied, this is partly because of temptations of the flesh, partly because I am tortured by other burdens. So there's Martin Luther, who most people would be like, super Christian. Yeah. No way he ever struggled with this. Admitting to a friend, a godly brother, hey, I'm struggling here, and I'll bet you old Philip Melanchthon, beautiful name, however you say his name, prayed for his brother when he got that letter. I bet he did. I bet he did. Mar I think Martin Luther, I had another thought I was thinking about him earlier in this podcast, because I think one time he said that he didn't like to rely on praying before he went to sleep at night, because by the time he got in that bed, the temptation to fall asleep was too great, and then his prayer would be cut short, or that he might drift off in prayer. So he was a big early morning prayer guy. Uh, and that stuck with, I'm, not, I'm fairly certain that was Martin Luther. And I've heard the opposite of that even. Not that I would want to make this a practice, but I think it, and, and I think this person I heard say this camera who it was, but the gist of it was, hey, how, how honoring to God is it that your last thought as you pass into rest in the evening is prayer to him, even if you fall asleep during it? Sure. So there's, there's, there's. So do both. I wouldn't want to, I, I want to make that a habit. Like, oh yeah, I've never finished a prayer in the last six months because every night. <laughs> no way, man. Hey, it's honoring God, right? Well, I think if you're praying other times during the day, yeah, yeah. I, you know, God's not going to be mad at you because you fell asleep during a prayer, but, but who are we talking to here? Yeah. And what are we talking about? So um, again, the posture, what's my heart posture? That's right. I fall asleep praying all the time. Is it because I'm like, this is all I got for God today? Or is it like, hey, no, I'm. 
at this place of rest in my night where I'm going to come to him as the last thought of my day, thanking him for who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I pray generally more than multiple times a day. And so if I fall asleep, that wasn't all I gave him that day. You know what I mean? I try to like. Just don't do it while you're driving. (laughs) Well, see, officer, I was praying while I fell asleep while I was driving. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Good, man. This was good. I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah, for sure. I think so. And hopefully this was, you know, just encouraging to those who are trying to figure out what prayer looks like. If you've got questions, we've been praying for some of you. We've gotten a few prayer requests here and there from people. Um, so we've taken time to do that. Um, if you have a prayer request or if you want to know more about how to pray, want to hear about some of the books that we mentioned tonight, or we can point you to some resources, uh, the Godly Manhood Podcast at gmail.com shoot those there um you don't have to just send us five star reviews and and comments yes but we'll pray harder for you if you send us the five star review i think so i think so yeah it's a good policy uh emory do you have a question for the group tonight yes sir i do you want to go first how much time do we get tonight we're in an hour okay we're good we got plenty of time. yeah what's the rush this is what the people want i think so hey do me a favor yeah see that cord on your microphone just a long, fat cord. Quit smacking it, would you? Sorry. <laughs> You've done it about 30 times. Dude, I, I don't, I'll get there. Well, I'll get I'm going to get you a whole new setup. We'll be fine. Okay. Gonna have like I'm going to have it come down. down out of the ceiling like a boxing ring announcer. That'd be so cool. That'd be pretty <laughs> That'd sweet. That'd be awesome. I'd still mess it up. Uh, sorry. I like to move, man. I talk with my hands. I know. All right. Here's my question for the night. All right. What is the weirdest thing you've ever seen in someone else's house? Wow. Excluding yours? Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we throwing yours in there? Like, like my house? You got some weird stuff in here. <laughs> I, mean, you, I guess you could. You took I mean, it out of my mouth. It. You took it out of my mouth. Literally, the, good, top, good. the top 17 things I could say are here in this house. Yes, 100%. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Oh, that's fantastic. I got one. It's beautiful I'll, weird. It's a beautiful weird. a beautiful weird. I got one that comes to my mind. I mean, I'm sure it's probably weirder things, but um, I have a client that has a very very large so i'm trying to be a vague um thousands of square feet dedicated to trophies from international hunts like intercontinental hunts like taxidermy trophies. we're talking like stools made out of the legs of elephants and full multiple polar bears and you know, every, animals that you would never think to shoot and certainly nobody's eating you know and i don't don't write in don't write in. If I shoot an animal, I'm going to eat it unless it's a critter of some kind. So generally, Are you saying you wouldn't try elephant. No, I totally would if oh, it was okay. appropriate. Like not not at a steakhouse in Minnesota, but if I were like somewhere where that's a thing and I'm with locals, a hundred percent. Okay. But I'm saying this guy's just bagging troves. You know what I mean? He's not. He didn't care. Um. So probably like yeah, weird like you know tigers and lions and like wild stuff. And it's kind of jar. I mean, I'm a hunter. I'm a bow hunter. I shoot year well i used to before i got old and busy but uh you know i'm not shooting anything like that so that was kind of wild to see that i can't help myself i'm trying so hard right now but i feel like i want to make an elephant stool joke (laughs) it's right there (laughs) because it's an alley-oop hey poop jokes aren't my favorite but they're a solid number two (laughs) david what's the weirdest thing other than emery's breast pump collection antique breast pump collection uh, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen in somebody's house? The only thing that's coming to mind for me, and I've, I've been in the military for 17 years. I've got a lot of buddies that are veterans, a lot of guys that are very proud to, to serve this country. But there was one person's house that I went into 
and we'll start with his garage. You walk in, and he has two cars. Each one of them says American Hero and has stickers all over it. And then you, you walk in, in his kitchen, his living room, his bedroom, when, I, when he gave me the tour, it's just Army, National Guard stuff everywhere. Like the couch is upholstered with an American flag kind of Did deal. Did you like. thank him for his service? <laughs> he, he's, he's a hero. But it was just, it was, it was one of those houses where every single piece of decor had to do with the military or a flag. He had been in the military for two years when I saw this. Oh, and he didn't make it his whole six-year enlistment. So it's just, that's what I'll never forget going to the guy's house. And he was, as we say in the Army, very hua. Too much hua. You know, Dave, I think about that. I think I'm probably missing something pretty obvious, but like if I walk into your house, I'm really not going to know. Nothing. Really not at all. Like your fridge magnets are awesome, but those yeah. aren't military. They're just the countries you've been to. I have I have my Afghanistan flag on top of my safe. Uh, Which is not in, not in a room anyone would go in. Correct. And that's only there because I don't have anywhere else to put it right now. I gave yeah. I gave my other two flags away. Yeah, I don't have that military memorabilia anywhere. Yeah, I think I think most veterans, if they roll into a house, they can pick up on that really quick, and you can almost pick up on how good they were in their job sure. in the military based off the amount of stuff they have mm-hmm. on their walls in their house. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to do a shadow box and have my my badges and my awards and my rank and all that stuff. I'll have something that says, hey, this is my 20-year career, but I don't need every wall to have a picture of me and my class A's from when I was 18 years old. In this room, I've got my Smokey mm-hmm. from Paris Island, and I've got my Sergeant Warrant for promotion because those are the two things to me that are like important. Yeah, those are really big milestones. Are, yeah, to me, those are things like if that's the only things, I, and I think as far as for me personally, now I have our family's veterans back to the revolution. So I have a way wall cool. way cool of, yeah. of a lot of veteran things of, of grandparents and parents and dads and whatever else. So I have that. That's awesome. That's it for me. My picture's on that wall. I was just going to say, I saw the, the, like, the 18-year-old Emery thing. That's awesome. And photos, to me, are not the same as, like, I've got an, uh, whatever, like, I was in the Army stupid poster above my fireplace or whatever. Like, that's awesome. You know, this, like, young whippersnapper, that's no different than having a picture of anybody else when they were young doing that. Yeah, I just... I want to make sure that, you know, that I'm, I don't sound hypocritical. No, I think people you were to roll in my house and be like, well, he's, I he think you nail it. I think you're right there. You've got way more uh, antique church history stuff and awesome stuff, squirrel calls and Bigfoot memorabilia and breast pumps. And I mean, d- dude, it's, it's a wild place. It's so cool. my, air, my airplane barf bag collection. I mean, yeah. I don't have that out public right now. Yeah, That's there's nice. so much weird stuff mm-hmm. here that, uh, anyway, yeah, so I think your point is valid. And David, you're going to have 20 years soon, right? Like two and a half, three years? Yeah, about about three years from now. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done. Nice. Crazy. There's a pastor friend of mine here in Troy who told me once that I was the weirdest person he's ever met and replied to something I posted. I'd found I'd found my air, airline barf bag collection posted about it. Yep. But he said, in a good way. So I don't know. Maybe maybe most people probably be like, yeah, you're you're not weird to me. Weird I think you got like quirks. You know, you're like you got like fun quirks. It's a very endearing weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird in a good way. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Speaking of weirdos, what was the weirdest thing you've ever seen in somebody's house? So this is going to be a long story because it, it requires a whole lot. <sighs> don't because I can't just say the one thing. I gotta don't fast forward, listener. It's worth okay. it. I like old churchy stuff. So I decide I find this prayer bench on 
uh, Craigslist because Craigslist was popular and Facebook Marketplace wasn't around. It's about five years ago. So I asked Karen, hey, can I go buy this? Because I really want one. We got this bigger house now. I have space. She's like, yeah, go get it. So I go to this old white farmhouse that was kind of overgrown. As I'm walking in, I hear what sounds like someone playing a tuba, but getting choked while they do it. Sure. Very like aggressive, weird sound that I wasn't, what's going on? So I step into this house. The guy opens the door for me. I'm coming to pick up this specific thing. A lady leaves. On the front porch is a communion table, which I would have loved to have had, but it's just were, sitting on the porch. Were they taking a collection for visitors? No, they just, from what I understand, they traveled a little bit and did like, they tried to sell me a pulpit that I almost bought. <laughs> it, was, it was so hard. They're collectors. So anyway, they had things, but this is where the weird thing comes into play. I step into their living room, just like mine. They got a pew. They got, you know, some other things just like my living room has, but on the wall, there is a, I'm guessing a life-size replica or at least three-quarter size. Ark of the Covenant, like draped in a white cloth. I mean, it looked like a Indiana Jones relic. Wow. Just chilling in the living room. It really messed with my head. That's very intense. So adding on to the story real quick, just because I can't leave this unsaid because it's a great story. So we just moved into this house and they were trying to get me to hang out. And I'm like, I really don't want to hang out. I just want to get my prayer bench and leave. Yeah. So I make, a, I make an excuse of, well, my back's bothering me. I don't really want to sit down, which is true. It was. Well, this guy says, have you ever had a shafar blown over you? Help me, Emery. Uh, have you ever had a shafar blown over you? So that It sounds like so, drugs. So I had not, but a shafar is, if you don't know, you can Google this, but it's basically this really long horn. Um, they're mentioned in, in the Bible. Uh, I don't know what animal they even come off of. They're just really long and curly. I'll look it up. Keep going. So, uh, so this guy, I say, no, sir, I'm not. And he goes, would you mind if I, and and his wife says, do you mind if I pray for you? I was like, well, I'm not going to turn down prayer. That that ties in with our episode too. So she starts to pray for me. I got my eyes closed, standing there. Well, all of a sudden, about halfway through her prayer, the noise I heard as I was coming into the house, I hear again, but now it's like a quarter inch from the bottom of my back. This dude is just cranking on the shafar pointed right at my lower back. And I'm don't know what to do. So I kind of like, I just kind of deal with it. And this lady's still praying. Now is your shirt on or off? On. on. <laughs> they weren't getting my personal information for my tattoo. Okay. So uh, so all of a sudden, wife stops praying, says amen. To- and it's a totally normal prayer. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, sure. But I don't know what to do because he's still blowing this horn at me. He's still doing the solo. Still, still doing Hitting it. Hitting that Shafar solo. So, f- <laughs> which, by the way, it's a ram's horn trumpet used by ancient Jews in religious ceremonies and as a battle signal, and on unsuspecting Marines in Arcanum, and they <laughs> <laughs> and they play it at Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as part yes, of their. This was not Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. No, but this was Ohio, nor Israel. <laughs> this was in Ohio. So, so he's he winds down. And I got like one eye open, kind of looking like, what's going on? Was he pretty good? Like, was he ripping on that solo? (laughs) He was doing something. (laughs) Was he like the Louis Armstrong of Shafar? (laughs) The big cheeks out? Yeah. So so I can't see him. He's behind me. And I'm like, am I going to die? What's what's next? Like, is this this my time, Lord? Is this how I'm going to go? You plunged a knife Um, into your back. Yeah, I didn't know. So, So anyway, he finishes up and he says, he has me do this thing like, like I'm at a chiropractor. So he's like, okay, hold your hands out. Do you notice any difference? Like, in where I'm like, you didn't check them before. How do we know? And also, he didn't touch you, right? Yeah, no, he just blew the shafar right at me. He says, Did you feel that? 
<laughs> I was like, yes, sir, I did. I'll be getting out of here now. So, and this is the best part to me of the whole story. So I'm still in, in full view of the Ark of the Covenant and all its glory that was there. Yeah. He, he looks at me and he goes, you're a Baptist, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. How do you know that? He goes, the look on your face right now tells me all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. totally. And they were pretty cool people, man. But yeah, that's so Ark of the Covenant. All that to say Ark of the Covenant in somebody's living room. Weirdest thing ever. Super weird. Definitely a cake taker. Good job. Good story. Uh, I have a question, David. Do you have a question? I do. You can go. Mine's a quick hitter. All right. Um, Favorite and least favorite chain restaurant. Ooh. I can kick it off if you guys are right. Go ahead. You both look very stumped. Fast Um, food or sit down. Any national chain. All of our listeners, maybe not our international guys, but but our listeners would know. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, Least favorite first for me is Crapplebee's. I hate that place. I've never hated a restaurant more. Uh, and shout out, by the way, this episode brought to you by Applebee's. Check out their two for 10, <laughs> two. Where, where you can get two full-size steaks, uh, 14 sides, and 13 beers for $10 because it's so high quality. Uh, hate Applebee's. Really not a fan. And today, Veterans Day, wrapped around the building. They give- And they also have veteran parking. Yeah, so today is free food, I think, for veterans and free parking. So I avoid all that like the play. Yeah, well, yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to go to an Applebee's for, you know, we, you, we pay you to eat here today either. Um, so I hate that place. Uh, chain, I'm not like generally not a big chain restaurant guy, but I do eat at Chipotle every day. So for sure, Chipotle is my number one. Mm. Not interesting, but I love it. It's consistent. Mm. We had a couple stumped fellas right. here. Yeah, I, I definitely to... have a favorite. What's your favorite? Taco Bell. I knew I could eat there every single day for the rest of my life. Hit the listener with the order. It's a cheesy gordita crunch, meat, cheese, sour cream, moldy Mexican pizza, no tomatoes. Every time. I don't understand the allure of Mexican pizza. Karen loves it. One, it's back and it's better than ever. (laughs) That's kind of what she said too. (laughs) If if the Mexican pizza is not there, it's chicken quesadilla with a side of sour cream. I'll see. But it's it's the same every time. Except the Mexican pizza. Most, oh, most hated. I don't know that I have. Probably TGI Fridays. Their potato skin. That's a great answer. Fill my head with desire all the time. And then as soon as I bite into one, it's a complete letdown. My whole day is shot. I go buy a bag of the TGI Fridays potato skin chips, and I satisfy my craving that way. Which are delicious. They're fantastic. Yeah, they taste way better. But the lives are just terrible. This episode is brought to you by TGI Fridays. (laughs) Where you and three friends can enjoy endless appetizers for $7.99 and regret. Do you have a favorite chain? Okay, so oh, we're, talk we're talking about. like ones where everybody everybody would kind of know. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it could be a regional deal. I think Wendy's is completely and totally overrated. Absolutely. Horrible. Okay. I don't understand. My wife loves Wendy's. She's like, oh, I want a burger. But I'm not going to squares. Wendy's. But they're square. Where's the beef? Like, I think it's awful. They give you yeah, okay. way too much bun, way too little patty. Okay. Have you been like in the last five years? Barely. Okay, I feel like if you're gonna hit a drive-through burger, it's it's the best. I, none of them are good. Are you laughing at me? For, I feel like you're laughing at me right now. Put way too much bun. Not enough patty. Not enough patty. Not <laughs> like Patrick over here. Not like Grimace. So good. Uh, well, anyway, okay, whatever. I feel like if you're gonna hit a drive-through burger, they're all terrible, and that's like the best of the terrible. So, so yeah, but I, I will say I have had like a chicken sandwich at theirs recently. It was really good, but okay. just too messy. Like Very. I'm just not. Anyway, Wendy's would be like low end for me. Yep. 
But then I'll, I'll go with Taco Bell. I think Taco Bell, and I'd get Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Yeah. But I like the Crunch Wrap Supreme. Oh, Caitlin, over the Mexican fan. pizza. Caitlin's a big fan. I'm yeah. not. I don't like Mexican pizzas. Crunch Wrap Supreme and my go-to, if for some reason I'm in a mood to change it up, is the chicken quesadillas. Are you a hot sauce or a mild sauce guy? Diablo. Ooh. Never, never been down that road. Oh, it's not that bad. I don't like hot stuff, but I love the Diablo sauce. Mm, can't do it mild. Mild on everything. Really? Put mild on cheers if Ma- I could. Matches your personality. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's very nice. All right. What's your question, David? My question is, this is a good one for all three of us. You could only hunt or fish for the rest of your life. You have to pick oh, one or the other. What are you choosing? Yeah. You got to kill one. That is crazy. That's a hard one. But, but you can hunt anything. You can hunt anything or you can fish for anything, but you can only do one. So I'll go first because that's an easy one for me. It's just a time question mm-hmm. because my life is nuts. And so I love fishing. I love hunting. I never hunt and I always fish. So I, it's just, it's just practical. Yeah. I can fish for 10 minutes. You can't hunt for 10 minutes. No. I would hate to give it up, but I kind of gave it up anyway because yeah. that's my life. I noticed. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. We're in the rut right now. And I, I today, this morning, I was like, I'm going to get up and hunt. And then I got up at, like early and I'm like, mm. or I can go back to bed and just like do my stuff today. So yeah, fishing. All right, Emery. I'm I'm gonna go with fishing, man. I I love to fish, and I have not yet caught my dinner size dinner plate size bluegill. Mm-hmm. I'm on a mission for. That's what I want to do before I die. Yeah, over any other fish. Yeah, I just want a giant bluegill, man. We got a lot of them in our pond. Yeah. Yeah. Big one though, like just like huge. No promises. Like saucer. Saucer. Yeah, like, yeah, that'd be They're hard awesome. to find for sure around here. So anyway, yeah, I would definitely fit. I love to hunt too, but I'm there's I like to hunt certain things and it's just like well, if i had to give up like raccoon hunting or which is awesome yeah or fishing all the time i'd definitely fish david how do you land here you're probably the most avid outdoorsman and worst family man because you spend all your time yeah. doing fun hobbies oh, yeah i mean about we'll have an episode about that about a house just for the woods to go hunt um i did too and i never hunted yeah before. i i would choose fishing i love being on the water Way it's more the most than shocking I thing ever. I'm surprised. I, I love hunting and I can do it and I will do it. And you do do it. But it's also 20 degrees at five o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting there for seven hours and see nothing. Or I can at least just go be out on the water on a beautiful day. Yeah. You can sleep at least an hour and a half. If, if you're not going to get fish or deer, at least when you're fishing, it's nice outside. You're, that's what I would choose. And you can't smoke cigars when you're deer hunting. You can't. <laughs> so, Add on to this question real quick. Okay. You can only pick one species of fish to bass. fish for. Bass. bass all day. Uh, man, I've had some really good saltwater days. It's too expensive to go saltwater fishing all the time. Bass. Mm, I mean, my parents live in Florida. Yeah, but you got to drive down there. You got to fly down there. Ba- uh, for sure, bass. I mean, definitely <laughs> bass. Talked them into it. What about you? Uh, like bluegill or crappie. Like, you I, like the I little love, guys, yeah. I love pan, like those small, just pan fishing. I love you it. You like fishing to eat. So yeah, I like to eat, but I'll eat a bass. Yeah. Like I would, I would, I would take a cat over yeah. anything. Yeah, Stephen Ronella, I love what he says. He says I eat, I eat every legal largemouth bass I catch for political reasons, <laughs> and I'm kind of yeah. the same way. I people get so upset with me when I say, yeah, I'll eat, I'm going to eat this bass. They're like, well, just put it back. It's like I don't play with my food, man. I want to eat it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I've eaten a lot of bass. I've mm-hmm. caught. I don't have any qualms about it. I think they're delicious. They're, yeah, they're not bad at all. The crappie and catfish are by far the two best in Ohio, at least. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think we did it. We're going to have another episode next week for you guys. Hey, don't forget to uh, give us a honest, hopefully five-star review. 
And it doesn't have to be a five star. If you don't like us and you want to win Valley of Vision and you give us a one star review, yeah, we may put something mean in the box <laughs> with with your book. We'll send you a mean note. Elephant stool. <laughs> elephant stool. Yeah. No, five star reviews only. If it's less than five stars, uh, keep it to yourself and then just put five stars. Uh, would be, I think, the best <laughs> advice. Sounds good to me. But hey, thanks for uh, just listening to us again this week. Um, we, we just, our prayer has been with this that you will be just, just it'll be edifying to you as we talk about God's word, um, how we strive to live as godly men as we're messing it up constantly. And it's just an encouragement to you. And we've, we've heard some, just encouraging things with this. So and we thank you guys for encouraging us and we hope we can be an encouragement to you each week as you stick your AirPods in your ear holes and listen to us for an hour and however long it takes. Yeah, thanks for listening. Peace.